BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, we can't get fooled again. Fuck you, fascist! Uh-oh. Fuck you, fascist! Fuck you, fascist! Hey, our friend Marie's Fuck there. You, wow. Fuck you, fascist! Hey, what's up, everyone? How Powerful. you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hello, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Thank you all so much for listening. We have another fantastic episode. That sound you heard was children screaming, fuck you, fascists, at the Republicans in Tennessee who have expelled Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, two black Democrats who went on the side of the protesters Mm -hmm. who were calmly requesting their children don't get ripped apart by gunfire while they're in school. Representative Gloria Johnson also joined the protesters. However, she was not expelled. Mm. We will get into many reasons behind that. Obviously, we have the very obvious reason uh, that complexion played a role in their decision in Tennessee. We'll also discuss Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Ooh, my God, this dude has been living the high life as he takes away your freedoms and liberties. He's been doing more than his fair share of partying with wonderful billionaires on their beautiful yachts. In no way is it a conflict of interest to have a Supreme Court justice palling around with the people that write the legislation that the Supreme Court will later deem appropriate or not. So we'll get into that. And much more. First, let's talk about this. Speaking of judges, this kind of went under the radar. Again, there's so much conversation to be had, whether it be Tennessee or Mm. Donald Trump. There's a lot of oxygen being sucked up specifically by Donald Trump. I wish the news media would get they get 12 hours a week. Right. <laughs> on Trump. And after that, you got to move on to more serious things in many ways, because, again, he's just a con man from Queens who does not currently hold elected office. A federal judge in Texas in what is being called an unprecedented decision, a federal judge has issued a stay that will shut down the prescribing and distribution of Mifepristone. What is that? It's also known as the abortion drug. So one of the two drugs 
that are used for medication when it comes to abortions. They've been on the market in the U.S. for more than two decades. District Court Judge Matthew Kazmarek, an appointee of former President Donald Trump, gave the government a week-long window to appeal and seek emergency relief before his ruling goes into effect. So separately on Friday, U.S. District Judge Thomas Rice, an appointee of former uh, President Obama, they say that altering the status quo and rights as it relates to the availability of mifepristone is unlawful and wrong. So the dueling rulings could have, again, a lot of implications. It may eventually reach the Supreme Court, which is why we have these stories coming out about... Clarence Thomas and other corruption happening within the highest court in the country, making it one of the most powerful nine people in the world. Mm. And it's possible that this Supreme Court, which is extremely conservative, bought and sold by the religious right, are going to hear this case and side with this uh, douchebag Texas judge. Yeah. And not just any typical Texas douchebag judge. This was a Trump appointee who has a long history of being a legal advisor for pro-life, quote-unquote pro-life. Pro-life, unless, of course, it comes to the death penalty or anything else that involves death. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're very pro-death in a lot of ways. I mean, they're just anti-abortion. They're anti-women, basically. Mm, But this judge, Matthew... Merrick? Why wouldn't a woman want to keep my spunk in her? Oh, my, oh my God. God. No, that, wow. nah, was my spunk not good enough? That's a really good impression of a Texas douchebag judge. It yeah, could be why the- she don't like my spunk in her? Your baby's the next Jesus. <laughs> well, I don't think that's going to happen. Either way, this guy was trouble from the very beginning. He had legal entanglements to these anti-abortion groups was an advisor for a lot of them and then works his way through the basically the Texas judicial system. And that is how he ended up on uh, the the position where right. he's at right and now. The irony, again, is we're going to play his clip from Scott Walker here in a second regarding the judge that won in Wisconsin, right. obviously Democrat. beating uh, Daniel. What was it? Kelly, this real fucking asshole, unbelievable <laughs> schmuck. We're they're trying to say she's a radical leftist. This was approved. This pill was approved Mm -hmm. in the year 2000. Decades ago. Which, from what I remember, isn't the most liberal time in American history. (laughs) Right. George W. Bush is president. uh, George W. Bush, also a president who banned stem cell research. Mm -hmm. So the fact that this pill was allowed to be available and sold and distributed... And safe yeah. under the Bush administration. Yeah. A theocratic administration, one of the um, most, uh, a, a administration that made this country as close to a theocracy as we have ever been before. Yeah. They still allowed Miffy Pristone to be sold and Obgines, 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 mm-hmm. what do you call them? OBGYN? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there you go. Right. I had no idea where you were going. <laughs> Is that a new term? Obgines. Obgines, sir. <laughs> Some my spunk not good enough for you. <laughs> Obgines. You got to say Obgins. OBGYN. You make a valid point here. Yeah, though. but they got to put the dashes between it then. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Obgines sounds like they're trolls from Nilbog. Okay. <laughs> Either a, way, the really point funny. is you take this pill. It's used 10 weeks into a pregnancy, up to 10 weeks into a pregnancy. So that completely counteracts what many 
pro air quotes, pro-life people, again, anti-abortion acts, anti-safe access to abortion people. Mm -hmm. They say 20 weeks, 24 weeks, 16 weeks. This pill is literally used up to 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the fact that the judge has said no more selling of that. Right. Here's an AR-15. <laughs> right. Uh, raise your kid with the new baby version. Yeah. It's the cuddly AR. My perspective is that this has to do a lot with uh, what recently happened, that, you know, that unprecedented thing about the, the vaccines and the, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, there was now people are distrusting the FDA and the FDA's decisions, oh, which is yeah. what this judge basically used as the basis for this. He said that the FDA made the decision much too hastily. Yeah. And thus, it was 20 years ago. Exactly. And 20 years ago, you know, no one questioned the FDA. No one questioned who. We hmm. all understood they had the best intentions. Well, but it's also because in this post Roe v. Wade era, these, again, quote unquote, pro-life people, a.k.a. anti-abortion people, are even uh, more robust in what they're going for. And this is why. And again, they they did what you call forum shopping. They found a exactly. judge that would hear their case. And then when you read about this case, the the plaintiffs, the people who are suing the FDA over the pill are picking, they're just nitpicking and cherry picking these little instances where the pill does have side effects, right? Where it like can, everything it else can be taken incorrectly. Yes. It can be used incorrectly. It does have side effects where it doesn't work. Mm, but they, Yeah, you popped it in your ear. That explains why you have 10 kids. Exactly. But <laughs> so, that's essentially what they chose as their legal reasoning for saying, oh, this pill's not safe, even though 99 point whatever plus of the time, it works perfectly well. So the medical groups saying that there uh, have said there's no clinical evidence that show this bill has any greater risk of complications or mortality for procedures such as wisdom teeth removal, cancer screening, colonoscopy, or the use of Viagra. This is a power grab. Exactly. That is all it is. And this judge really wanting to make his name known as a person who is against the individual rights of human beings, in this case, biological women uh, who are, again, in the crosshairs of this Constantly. heinous culture war. I thought that this was solved 20 freaking some years ago when this pill was available in a very conservative American era. Yeah. We've lost our damn minds around here. Well, that's why they went for it. And again, they forum shopped till they found this judge in Texas. But the main concern right now is that when you have these states that are banning abortions up to, you know, six weeks or mm -hmm. even at conception in some of these states. Yep. Now that means this was like the last legal way for women in these states because these pills could be delivered by mail. And that was all FDA approved. This is one of the last ways that women could have access to a safe, legal medical abortion was through mm. these pills. And that's why, again, these plaintiffs went to this judge with this flimsy case. Because this is the last way that they right. can keep this stuff and, from women. And uh, again, obviously, we discussed this from the female perspective uh, in that sense. But then from the male perspective, this also sucks. Yes. Oh, truly. a one night stand turns into 18 years of child support yep. or you go to jail. It's not fun for anyone. It takes away that little word that we like to have called choice. Uh, when it comes to the Supreme Court in Wisconsin, again, this is why the victory for Janet Protowskowitz mm -hmm. mattered so much. I want to play this clip before, again, we get to what's going on in Tennessee. This is Scott Walker. Scott Walker, former governor of Wisconsin. He is 
just a absolute turd with really weird ears. <laughs> and he's got a weird accent, too. He's got a weird accent, and he's just overall, again, maybe the worst governor in Wisconsin history. So this is Scott Walker complaining about the younger generation not liking their insane version of conservative politic. And let's just play what he has to say as he sulks in front of a bastardized version of the American flag. The larger issue here, we've seen it particularly in Wisconsin, but across the country, is younger voters. In Wisconsin, last fall, we saw about a 40-point margin uh, that younger voters gave to the Democrats running for Senate and governor. We saw similar margins in Pennsylvania. Part of the reason why you have John Fetterman in the U.S. Senate in Arizona and Georgia and elsewhere. <laughs> and just this week in Wisconsin, mm. we don't yet know the numbers by age, mm. but we do know that Dane County, uh, which is where the University of Wisconsin's flagship campus is at, about 50,000 students are enrolled there. Uh -huh. Dane County cast more ballots in the race for the Supreme Court than the largest county in the state, Milwaukee County. And in Dane County, 82% of those votes went for the radical. And so unless we turn young people <laughs> not around, for Dan it's not Kelly. Simply no. one campaign ad or some sort of a coalition. This is years of liberal indoctrination coming yeah. home to roost. And we've got to turn it around if we're going to win again. Absolute oh opposite world coming from Scott Walker. <laughs> yeah. It's his policies. It's his, again, version of conservatism that have led people yes. into the arms of Janet Protowskowitz. Not the fact that they are supporting some radical, crazy leftist. Dan Kelly is a radical right wing nut job. Yeah. And that's who was the other option. Yeah, so exactly. it's just hilarious to me uh, that they are attempting to make Janet seem like a radical. <laughs> right. And Dan Kelly seem like some kind of normal, moderate run-of-the-mill judge or that they're trying to say is all the liberal indoctrination happening to our youth and our schools and our universities <laughs> it's like all these rights you give like, them no yeah it's the fact that the republican party is ripping away rights from people that have been here for 50 years now with the pill 20 years i mean they're just they're going backwards and that's why i'm happy all these young people stepped up across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now, also in North Carolina, we touched on this a little bit in last episode, but I wanted to really hit it home. Uh, Trisha Cotham. I don't fully understand how you can do this. I don't she's either. A, I'm so confused. She's a North Carolina rep. She ran as a Democrat. She was elected. And then she secretly switched her party to Republican. I people thought it was a prank uh, because Fools? it happened around April Fool's <laughs> oh, fun bit. Uh, she won her seat as a Charlotte representative by nearly 20 percentage points last year after a crowded Democratic primary. She's expected to make a formal announcement. Uh, she has made a formal announcement rather 
that she is officially going to now identify <laughs> as a Republican. What are your pronouns? What are your pronouns? GOP. Wow. A Republican House member has said that the party had been hoping Cotton would switch. And uh, evidently, that's exactly what has happened. Cotham's reason for flipping is still unclear. Oh. You're going to have to have some massive reason uh, to flip if you're going to do something like this. Yeah. Um, without Cotham and the two other absent Democrats, Republicans were able to usher um, many bills into law, specifically the bill that recently came under fire when it comes to overriding North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper's veto of the Republican-sponsored legislation, relaxing some gun laws. Let, so guns are still the forefront of this legislative body. Let me give you guys some insight. So at a news conference Wednesday, Cotham said this. She said, the turning point for me was when I was criticized for using the American flag and the praying hands emoji on all my social media platforms and even on the back of different vehicles that I have. Oh Whoa. my gosh. So, so she, she got, got her emojis? So she, she got her feeling hurt. She betrayed a whole state and got her feelings hurt and just because she got her feelings what hurt. Is, well, she just started using the snowflake emoji. <laughs> I use the American flag and prayer hands emoji all the time. I didn't know that I could A, get criticized for it, and then B, become a secret Republican because I use it. <laughs> it's so freaking nuts. House Democratic leader Robert Reeves. This is what he said in a statement. He says, Representative Tricia Cotham campaigned as a Democrat and a supporter of abortion rights, health care, public education, gun safety, and civil rights. The voters of House District 112 elected her to serve as that person and overwhelmingly supported Democratic candidates up and down the ballot. Yeah. To me, this is much worse than George Santos. <laughs> yeah. Because George Santos is going to be crazy. Sure. He's going to be like, he's already given the uh, alt-right little like you know finger asshole you know the thing that you do with yeah your, yeah the little okay sign yeah. the little okay <laughs> sign he's the already finger finger yeah. doing funny. all this stupid shit <laughs> she tr straight up switched parties yeah and flipped every one of her policies on their head uh, because of her feelings regarding emojis because this someone gave her the bird while she was driving who gives a fuck that's how sensitive you are yeah this is definitely worse than what the people in Tennessee did by um, uh, exercising their First Amendment right. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, the people well, there and she's siding with a, the protesters, and rightfully so. She's from a Democratic district, so you got to wonder. I mean, she's not going to make it through another term. I mean, you even said it was a crowded Democratic primary. Now there's people really well, chomping at the bit to get her spot. Well, well, we'll see, because they can also gerrymander everything. They could redistrict everything if she has the power in the Republican state house. Exactly. Maybe they maybe they make her seat safe for her now. Not only that, Ben. Ben is 100% right. But not only that, now the Republicans have a super majority, on which I talked about court, la last episode. Yeah. Exactly. So they can literally veto. They can do whatever they want. With the whole state now. Basically. All right. So Roy Cooper is a Democrat governor of North Carolina. He ain't doing crap He's anymore. now in the position. Yeah. Andy Bashir, the Democrat governor of Kentucky. Welcome to red country. Yeah, it's freaking brutal. This is why we always say politics are local. And what happens in local state houses matter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And they have massive ramifications on a federal level. Let's go to Tennessee. I want to say uh, our friend Marie from the Reformed Tours. She was there. She was at the protests Ooh. taking Ooh. place where people were exercising their First Amendment rights to say, hey, guys, what you up to over there? 
Why don't we try to do something to protect our children? Again, as you all know, there were three lawmakers that sided with the protesters or went outside to protest along the protesters. That's Representative Gloria Johnson, Representative Justin Jones, and Representative Justin Pearson. Justin Jones and Justin Pearson are now officially ousted by Republican lawmakers. Obviously, Gloria Johnson, as we've mentioned, was not ousted. And this is one of the reasons she says as to why. Yes, and we're going to fight hard to get him back. You, I will answer your question. It might have to do with the color of our skin. Hey. Well, there you go. And I feel if there is any more of an obvious example of a double standard because of race, this is it. They all three did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Two of them are expelled and mm -hmm. one of them is not. And there's just like a difference yeah. between the one that isn't right. and the two that are. Hmm. Is it because they're pro women? Yes, that's what they say <laughs> about the Tennessee State House. Yeah. So this is according to Jones. Uh, this is what he told MSNBC's Joy Reid. He was expelled in a vote 72 to 25. Yikes. That's, Jeez, that's there's no majority. That's it. This is what Jones says. He says, I basically had a member call me an uppity Negro. That's what he said. Wow. Um, and it's brutal and it's so fucking obvious. And hopefully this uh, does more harm than good for uh, Pearson and for Jones. As now, again, they're sort of um, victims of cancel culture Truly. in its truest form. Yeah. I mean, this is for the people that complain about the Dixie Chicks are against the Iraq War. Mm. We're going to burn their CDs. Right. This is what true cancel culture is. They expelled them from the legislator. I'm just happy it's not only the Democrats. Um, <laughs> well, no, I guess if they were Republicans, that would be the case. It reminded me a little bit of the perp walk that Al Franken had to do. Of course, slightly different context there. So but this is just um, undemocratic and the people, the constituents, of those um, politicians are rightfully freaking livid. Uh, let's play a clip. This is from Justin Jones. This is him talking on Democracy Now! And again, Democracy Now! still doing a lot of great work. Let's play what Mr. Jones has to say about his expulsion by the corrupt Republican legislation legislator in Tennessee. If I didn't know what happened to me, I would think it was 1963, not 2023, that a predominantly, almost entirely white uh, Republican caucus expelled the two youngest black lawmakers, um, not for any unethical or criminal behavior, but for our First Amendment activity and for standing and doing our job um, to speak up for our constituents right and there. speak up particularly for young people who are terrified of these weapons of war on our streets. And so I'm feeling um, I'm tired. Um, but, but more so, I'm tired of the injustice that rules the state capitol. Mm. But I think that what, they, what they've done, though, is the complete opposite. They they've, may have won yesterday, but they have not won uh, the moral narrative as we go forward, that they thought by expelling us, they would silence us, they would silence our movements that we're part of. But in fact, they've, 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 they've amplified it because the nation can see how racist they are. The mm. nation can see how uh, retaliatory and, 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 and absurd and, and authoritarian they are. And so I think that is what gives me hope, is that um, they tried to kick us out 
but instead they put a spotlight on themselves for their shameful policies that make it easier to get a gun than it is to get health care in this state. Uh, wow. Fantastic point. Also, let's point out Tennessee, they have a lieutenant governor. And his name is Randy McNally. He's Randy. And Randy McNally, uh, he's known as someone who stands up for family values. Unless, of course, that 20-year-old Franklin McClure comes by. In which case, <laughs> like, I'm going like, to... Like. Oh, my pool's a little dirty again, Franklin McClure. I better come over here clean up my pool. <laughs> Nothing was done to this guy who actually did uh, more egregious things that were anti-his office, obviously. Then Pearson and Jones, who were doing what good politicians do. Right. This does remind me a little bit of the good trouble that John Lewis discussed. Yeah. Uh, this is when you get into trouble for doing something morally right. Right. Obviously, just because it's a law doesn't mean that it's moral. And in this case, uh, these two men and, of course, this woman, but she's not she didn't get the the brunt of the uh, kickback for her actions. Right. Uh, but this is the good trouble that people like John Lewis, people who fought in the civil rights era, were discussing. And I think that's why Jones mentioned um, he thought this would happen in 1963, right, not right. 2023. We really are going backwards. Yeah, um, we're definitely going backwards. And if you look at um, this representative's uh, speech on the floor before he was um, expelled. Oh, yeah, we can play that from too. the state legislature. I mean, he calls out the fact that there is a sitting Republican state rep who has been accused and even admitted to sexual assault. Wow. Right? And he's not been expelled. There is a, a Republican lawmaker who literally peed in someone's seat. Wait, what they did? What? That's the one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they peed in That's someone's where I'm seat. Like, beep, beep, beep. Back it up. Because what is going on in the Tennessee? I thought Tennessee not Tennessee. Come on. Oh, y'all. my God. Well, that does that sound guy, kind of fun. That guy is still in the state legislature. And again, it's just this gerrymandered supermajority that Republicans have designed for themselves where they can essentially keep their own rascals, their scallywags. They keep mm. them in that state legislature. But then anybody does something, as you said, good trouble, right. protests an unjust law peacefully, they get kicked out. And you know what's so interesting, again, when it comes to the Nashville school shooting, it's so, so horrible, the Covenant School District in Nashville, or the Covenant School, rather, in Nashville, this isn't necessarily the constituents of Pearson or Jones. Uh, this is a private school. Uh, this was people of all walks of life. But this is a higher economic school for the most part. Right, and it was a Christian private it school. It was a Christian mm-hmm. private school. And it just, again, shows it can happen anywhere. And you would think, I know a lot of people thought, based on the location of this mass shooting, that maybe that would compel some of the lawmakers to even hear the concerns of the kids uh, who are, of course, are literally in the crosshairs of gun violence every day. Right. But all they did was pivot that to the person was trans. It's a trans violence. They and, did that. And they can do that because of the unprecedented gerrymandering. I mean, this, this takes on that issue. When you don't have to worry about you winning your primary, and then once you skate through your primary, you skate through the general election without real competition, this is what happens. You don't have to care what people say. Yep, and let's play that sound from Jones on the floor. Uh, in a second, Jones, this is what Jones told um, Joy Reid on MSNBC. Uh, this is a very hostile environment, but more importantly, it's hostile to democracy. And so what you see in there, they're saying you should feel grateful to be here, but they didn't help me get here. The people in my district put me here. And just so you all know, that's 78,000 people. 
which Mr. Jones represents. All right, so this is representative, former representative now. Oh, jeez. Yeah. hate this. Weird. Justin Jones, uh, this is a eloquent speech, and he makes some really solid freaking points, and you have to imagine some of the Republican legislators, some of the 72 people, was it? Yeah. That voted to expel him. They must have felt something in their core, like, ah, that didn't. You know when you do something wrong? Yeah. And but you're but you did it? Yeah. And you're like, ah, dang it. Guilt. <laughs> yeah, it's, that was my yeah, it's called guilt. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they have that in their brains. Oh, maybe freaking not. All right, let's play Justin Jones uh defending himself. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The world is watching Tennessee. The world is watching Tennessee. Because what is happening here today is a farce of democracy. What is happening here today is a situation in which the jury has already publicly announced the verdict. Wow. Just yesterday, the House Speaker took to national news to condemn us and call for expulsion before any evidence was presented, before any trial happened. And so what we see today is just a spectacle. What we see today is a lynch mob assembled to not lynch me, but our democratic process. But it will not stand because no lie can live forever. So that's the beginning of Justin Jones. Uh, you can hear the protesters chanting in the background. Uh, chanting in the background again. Nothing wrong with that. Right. This is America. Completely acceptable behavior. Then Justin Jones goes on in this next clip to point out even further the hypocrisy we of the Republican about. legislators. So let's play this. It's about a minute and change, a minute and a half or so, and I think it's again important to hear mm-hmm. how horrible. All of this really is. Let's talk about expulsion. For years, one of your colleagues who was an admitted child molester sat in this chamber. No expulsion. Hmm. One member sits in this chamber who was found guilty of domestic violence. No expulsion. Wow. We had a former speaker sit in this chamber who is now under federal investigation. No expulsion. We have a member still under federal investigation. No expulsion. We had a member pee in another member's chair in this chamber. No expulsion. Wow. (laughs) In fact, they're in leadership. They're in leadership. in In the governor's administration. And so once again... What you're saying to us, since you're trying to put us on trial, I'll say what you're really putting on trial is the state of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. What you're really showing for the world is holding up a mirror to a state that is going back to some dark, dark roots. Wow. A state Mm -hmm. in which the Ku Klux Klan was founded Mm -hmm. is now attempting another power grab by silencing the two youngest black representatives and one of the only women, Democratic women in this body. That's what this is about. Let us be real today. Wow. All right. So there it is, Justin Jones. Calling him out. out. I mean, and what the hell is going on in Tennessee? I didn't didn't know you just, because that literally, in terms of expulsion, that's usually when it happens. I know in Ohio, it only happened 
157 years ago when two guys got in a fight. And with his physical violence, it's like, okay, then you get expelled. I would think peeing in someone's chair would be rooms for expulsion. I mean, it's amazing. Be like, hey, you can get a bunch of pedophiles in here. We got people peeing on people's seats. Domestic abusers. But they're Republicans. And they're Republicans. So that story continues. And it's important. And it's something that we have to continue again to talk about. As now two elected officials have been ousted in a horrific show of Republican power in Tennessee, a state that is purple. Yeah. When I think of the South, I, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I just don't think of Tennessee. I think of Nashville. I think of like Tennessee as, I don't think of Tennessee and South Carolina and Alabama as really the same culturally. Sure. Mm. I always thought Tennessee a little bit, I don't know. Not the place that they're going to expel two black politicians for standing up uh, with their constituents against gun rights. But I guess I was wrong. Well, I mean, don't forget Memphis is there. And um, this week was the anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King. But you're right. I mean, when I go to Nashville, I go to Knoxville, you go to modern day Memphis. It's you know, this is it. it We've had has, a great time. It's, it's, it's <laughs> full of yeah. Democratic lawmakers. And again, I think it just comes back to that gerrymandering. How do you yeah, get really 72 State representatives into one legislature, that's because of the gerrymandering. Even the congressional seats. Nashville lost one of their prominent Democratic congressmen because of gerrymandering last year. So, again, it's just a situation where the Republicans, you know, you think about what Scott Walker said, right? Right. About how the young people are getting more and more liberal. And it's not because of indoctrination. It's because Republicans right. are going so back crazy. Yep. And the only and so way the, yeah, for on. them to hang on to their power is by gerrymandering, by rigging the courts. By rigging every step of the process, right. get ready for now the voting ID laws and the restrictions to keep mm. young people from voting. It's like, oh, you got a college ID? Sorry, that ID doesn't work here anymore. I and mean, so today's so episode, I just feel a little concern for our process and our democratic republic. We got yeah. people saying, I'm a pro, pro-choice pro Democrat getting into office, and all of a sudden they're a pro-life Republican. Mm-hmm. We have two people being ousted for doing nothing wrong and another person who did the exact same thing that they did not ousted because she's white. I mean, that's the only thing that I could think mm-hmm. in this case, right? Because didn't they do the exact same thing? Yep. Yeah, they all we got, saw the picture. They were just and of course walking he, arm in arm. And Justin Jones representing Memphis, there's a lot of... Uh, political animosity from a lot of the other people in Tennessee towards places like Memphis. Right. And you can tell as it plays out in front of our eyes on a national stage, mm-hmm. how embarrassing really the Tennessee state house is. Yeah. And you, you know, you think of people who are from Tennessee, do you got your Johnny Cash's, your Dolly Parton's, you, know, you got some great people. You some great people, some country Johnny music and legends. Do- Johnny and Dolly don't agree. They, they don't agree with this. They, they, I don't think they would because Definitely Dolly not. and Johnny were both very much, Standing up for the downtrodden, right? Why, why Johnny's the man who wears black uh, for everybody, for the poor. And Dolly Parton, you listen to her talk. I mean, she, she, I mean, it's a lot of God talk, but she believes God loves everybody. She yeah. really does. And of course, when it comes to Johnny Cash, he was very pro gun safety. There you go. Don't take oh. your guns to town. Don't take your guns to town, son. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We'll play a clip here to close out the episode in the second with South Carolina. What are they talking about in their legislative body? Oh, I'm body? sure it's very important. But before that, Clarence Thomas. Oh, Ugh. baby, speaking of courts. Oh, this is unreal, man. dude. So anyway, there's a dude. He is uh, his name. His last name is Crow. Uh, they, they, his name is Harlan Crow. He's a super famous GOP donor. He and his wife would take Thomas and Ginny on trips, and it was tens of thousands of dollars in free gifts given to a sitting Supreme Court justice. 20 years ago, uh, Clarence Thomas said, someone told him he doesn't have to report it. Oh, really? That's what he said. He said, someone told me I don't have to Somebody report all these free gifts. That. Someone, someone told him that. <laughs> And obviously, as a Supreme Court justice, he did his due diligence, looked into the law. Right. And it turns out that that guy wasn't true, wasn't telling the truth. So Thomas is told ProPublica, as ProPublica broke this story, that he's going to, from now on, Uh he's going to say if he got a bunch of gifts. Oh, my God. From billionaires. This is insane. I mean, this these is, are like massive trips. These are like $500,000. Dude, they're huge. ProPublica was literally, again, good journalism, doing due diligence. They're interviewing people who even just worked on the yachts and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you actually paid out of pocket for a trip like this, it would be $500,000 for some of these. In a statement to ProPublica and CNN, Harlan Crow said that he and his friends I had been friends with Thomas and Ginny for 30 years, and the hospitality they show is no different from the hospitality we have extended to our many other dear friends. But I don't think they're on the Supreme Court. Right. (laughs) Justice Thomas and Ginny never asked for any of this hospitality, never asked about a pending or lower court case, and Justice Thomas has never discussed one. Oh, my Makes me think that they have uh, discussed them. Because to be honest, what else am I talking with this asshole about? Yeah. The only thing that's mildly interesting is that he's a Supreme Court <laughs> right. justice. What happened on the court this week, Clarence? Yep. Oh, <laughs> I will. He doesn't talk. He doesn't talk. So the only thing that I would ever be remotely close to interested in is what's under the robes, bro. <laughs> only that's for Ginny. That's for Ginny only. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know if that's happening. But so this know. is what Thomas said in a full statement. He said, Harley and Harlan and Kathy Crow are among my dearest friends. And we have been friends for over 25 years. And as friends do, we have joined them on a number of family trips during more than a quarter century. We have known them. Uh, Early in my tenure at the court, I sought guidance from my colleagues and others in the judiciary and was advised that this sort of personal hospitality from close personal friends was um, would would, did not have any business before the court. So there you go. Okay, fun. I just wonder if they would be friends if he wasn't on the Supreme Court. Right. Yeah. Very good question. I think that's what really changes it. So he says, uh, he goes on to say, I have endeavored to follow that counsel throughout my tenure and have always sought to comply with the disclosure guidelines. Of course he didn't. Yeah. So there, you, But he sought. He <laughs> I, sought, I, sought I, to, I sought to comply. I mean, this guy, how much do we have to have? Ginny, she's given to J6. 
She's given to horrible politicians. She is so involved with the insurrection. Now she's involved with probably getting Lori Loomer over to Donald Trump's campaign. Right. A woman who is so freaking crazy that Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks she's toxic. Yes. (laughs) I mean, Ginny and Clarence, what they get off the Supreme Court. Anything. He needs to be gone off the Supreme Court. I would agree. It's such a conflict of interest. No one else is doing this. Like, I don't remember. I I mean, I don't know. They just, I don't see Sonia Sotomayor getting her bush hair waxed on a yacht. I just don't see it. We, I don't know. Mm. Like, it seems I like I can show you some pictures, Ben. <laughs> Claire, it just seems like every time a Clarence Thomas story is brought up, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude? Yeah. Yeah. And there's no ramifications again, like no. the lawmakers in Tennessee all the way up to the Supreme court. You know, we were talking about Samuel Alito. He's probably the leaker, the guy who leaked the Roe v. Wade mm. decision. They did a big old. So invest- was that guy on that other dude's chair in Tennessee? Hi, oh, folks. But that is basically what's happening. There's no ramifications for these people when they right. do things like this. You, you, there are forms. We, Donald Trump. We just found out this week that's going to be why he goes to jail is because of campaign finance. Also, when it comes to Harlan Crow, why is he wealthy? He does real estate. These decisions that have been made have been yes. real estate decisions yes. in the Supreme Court. Yes. Yeah, of course, this is going to impact him. Uh, some of the gifts that were included. Oh, I that love Har- this list. They said the gifts included were a Bible that once belonged to abolitionist Frederick Douglass. Ooh. So he was like, I don't need this. You have this black guy. <laughs> okay. A gift Thomas valued at $19,000. Hmm. A bust of Abraham Lincoln valued oh. at $15,000. Hmm. Uh, this is what Crow explained at the time. I just knew he was a fan of Frederick Douglass. And I saw that uh, item come available at an auction, and I bought it for him. Aww. He has also flown Thomas on his personal plane to Northern California to be a guest at the Bohemian Grove. Ooh, the Bohemian Grove. Folks, I snuck in there. It's a bunch of pedophiles. Yes, it's all male retreats, uh, the ones that Thomas goes on. So, ooh, that's got to be fun. I also read somewhere else that he was using his cabin every year, too, for like the past 15 years. Mm-hmm. So they're buddy-buddy. They were they were, they were, were probably uh, swapping wives and all doing all weird shit. Oh, Ginny, <laughs> it's your turn to go after Harlan. <laughs> oh, golly. I mean, it's disgusting. Also, them being friends for like, oh, 25 years, he He's a Reagan appointee. Right. So he was already on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it would that case would hold more water if he was elected five years ago. Sure. And be like, this is my buddy for 30 years. I've been going on his yacht. Yeah, I've been corrupt exactly. for a long time, even during the lower courts. <laughs> but this is a case where he was the on the Supreme Court the entire time. Yeah. So it's been 25 years of bribes. Yep. yep. Basically. Yep. Yep. I mean, we're all friends. I don't know the last time I bought anyone something 15,000. Like, nah, he's going to love that Bible from Frederick <laughs> Douglass. Here's a $19,000 Bible. Right. <laughs> it's a billionaire move. Know. That's a billionaire move right there. Because what's Thomas giving back? Exactly. He doesn't have, I mean, he does have, he yeah, does have money, but you know, he has the, he has power. That's mm-hmm. it. Clarence Thomas should submit his list of gifts. He's given back to Harlan Crow. And it's, uh, I gave him a mop. <laughs> because the uh, yacht was dirty. Yes. And I gave him a nice cup of coffee. So, since 1978, the Ethics in Government Act has required judges and justices to report travel costs and other expenses that are provided to them by groups, universities, and other such entities. However, it includes an, an exception for, quote, personal hospitality of any individual. So interesting. I right. That's what we call a pretty big carve out mm-hmm. yeah. um, when it yeah. comes to not wanting our judges 
to be bribed. So what a strange week it has been. Yeah. Uh, let's play this sound from South Carolina. This yeah. is what their legislator is worried about. Right. It involves a television show called The Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. South Carolina has recently allowed films to start or TV shows to start filming there. And there is a tax rebate for those shows. Mm-hmm. So now naturally, the Republican legislative body in South Carolina is upset that certain shows like The Righteous Gemstones are being filmed in their beautiful cities. And South Carolina is beautiful it's in its own right. Very pretty. Uh, these people are not. <laughs> Did you know that The Righteous Gemstones is a uh, TV series that mocks televangelists and Christian <laughs> preachers? Hell yeah. And uh, I hope it's so. a fictional story about exposing lewd behavior within a family of Christians. Uh-huh. I did not know that, and I wouldn't suggest you watch it if you don't like that. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Mr. Kasky, would you say that the state should be using our funding or at least our leverage in terms of what we're doing with our taxpayer money oh my God. Uh, to advance that sort of content? You want to write the fucking show? I think that the state should be content or viewpoint, should not engage in viewpoint discrimination. There you go. Uh, you know, Hashtag First Amendment. Hashtag First Amendment. Oh, the, they're all so this guy. I know he's technically the good one. Of <laughs> they're both pretty the, awful. The kind sure. of films that are coming to South Carolina, <laughs> and you feel that that should continue. I think that the bill offers an opportunity for the program to continue. Um, I, I'm not here to defend. I don't. I honestly don't know anything about the show other than what you just told me. What, what network is it on? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That's so funny. I don't, I don't make that kind of money. I'll make that kind of money. I don't have HBO. Oh, man. That was a good one. Anyway, (laughs) so. Just more proof why state legislatures are so important. They are so important. And courts and the, you know. People voted for that guy. Exactly. We gave that show a a righteous text. Somebody called his office and was like, I was watching um, the HBO because I got a free trial for a little bit. And they just show called Righteous Jim Stones. Have you seen the show? It's shot right here in South Carolina. And it is a bit kind of critical of good. It's lewd. (laughs) It's critical of televangelists who are notorious liars who steal money from poor people under the guise that God is talking to them. So, exactly. yeah, that's yeah. kind of my that's, issue. Yeah, but right. anyway, all right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you're doing well. Have a great uh, weekend. I think it's a long weekend for a lot of people. It's going to be a holy weekend. Get ready for a lot of people saying, happy zombie Jesus day. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> they went there. Also, some people, Henry was telling me this is the biggest day for Catholics, but it's got to be Christmas still. That's the birth. No. That's the original the birth. Re- but this is the rebirth. This, this is the, the wine sequel. and bread. Ben. This wine is and bread. Yeah. All right, everyone. We'll have a great Easter weekend if you are celebrating. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is, enjoy the, enjoy the extra day off if you can. Okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.